Uh, tonight we're going to talk about a, you know, a serious topic. Uh, our theme for the year has been together. And uh, we've explored a lot of different things as a church. Uh, and it's been, it's been very unifying. I feel like God has really brought us uh, closer, uh, forged more unity. Uh, and I think through that, I think we're seeing a lot of convictions grow and a lot of impact in our communities already. And I know God will continue to bless our unity uh, as we come more and more together. Um, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, I think we're all aware that we've, we've, we've also suffered a lot of losses uh, this year. Um, uh, you know, of course, with Sharon, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's the most recent and greatest loss. Um, and... Uh, and so, so Manny and I thought it would be appropriate to maybe talk a bit together as a church family about, about grief uh, and, and loss. Uh, it's something that oftentimes culturally uh, we're not, especially in the 21st century, we're not as often comfortable with those kinds of feelings. Everything's always supposed to be happy and feel good. And, and, and even sometimes cultural norms can tell us to minimize grief and minimize loss and, and gloss over it. And so as Christians, uh, we have to have a Christian perspective on all things in life, right, that, that, that God brings uh, to us. Um, and so I think it's very appropriate for us to talk about, uh, you know, loss and grief, uh, you know. Uh, and so we'll do that tonight. We're going to do another session uh, next Wednesday. Um, obviously, Sharon is, is the most recent and hard for a lot of us. Obviously, the loss of our, our dear sister Sharon just a few weeks ago. Uh, we've seen other family members die. Uh, you know, uh, in the last few years since I've been here, I've seen a lot of that uh, in our church. Uh, we've seen people leave the church. Uh, we've seen people go through real health challenges, uh, job losses, uh, relationship challenges. Uh, whenever we, we lose something that is dear to us, uh, it can even be a pet. It can be a home. It can be an inanimate object even, like a home. Uh, we, we suffer from that. Uh, we as humans are, are, are sensitive to those kinds of things. And so, so loss is loss, and only each soul uh, knows the suffering it entails, right? And what really the, their losses are. And so what are we to make of grief and loss as Christians, I think, is what we'd like to explore, uh, Manny and I, a bit tonight uh, with you guys. Romans 8.28 uh, says this, We know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Um, we've heard this scripture uh, in a lot of different contexts, and I think uh, in, in light of grief and, and mourning and loss, we have to ask ourselves, how does, how does God bring good right, through, through such pain, through such hardship uh, that, that we face uh, in life? It's a very good question, and one we want to kind of look at and explore here tonight uh, in our time. Um, uh, Peter uh, Scazzaro wrote a great book, The Emotionally Healthy Church. Manny's, Manny's been reading this book, and uh, she was sharing with, it, with, with, with me uh, from it the other day. And uh, I wanted to read uh, one of the quotes here by him, and, and Manny will come up and, and share too at this time. Uh, you can come on up, Manny. Um, uh, do you want to say anything about the book before? Um, he's talking about uh, embracing grief and loss, and he says, In the fall of 1991... Jerry and Linda's uh, sister, uh, along with his mother and their four children, ranging from ages two to eight, were driving in their minivan on a lonely stretch of highway in rural Idaho. That's a northwest state in the U.S. Uh, they had been visiting a nearby Native American Indian reservation as a school project for their two oldest children. So this is all a true story. They seemed, as friends described them, like the $2 million family. They felt as if they were living on top of the world, quote-unquote. Ten minutes into their drive... Uh, the sisters uh, noticed a car traveling toward them extremely fast. He slowed down at a curve, but the oncoming car traveling at 85 miles an hour crashed headlong into their minivan. The driver was drunk. In one moment, uh, the, the sister family lost three generations, his mother, his wife, and their four-year-old daughter. 
So it was a tragedy of tragedies. He writes uh, in a book he wrote later about it. In one moment, my family, as I had known and cherished, it was obliterated. And it says that he sat on that lonely highway watching his family die. The driver of the other car, it says, was eventually declared not guilty and set free because it could not be proven beyond the shadow of a doubt at the trial that, that he, not his pregnant wife, who also died in the car wreck, had been driving the car. Uh, he then wrote a book about his, de- uh, his descent uh, into an abyss of grief and incomprehensible pain that changed his life. Under the title of Grace Disguised, How the Soul Grows Through Loss, he writes, um, and we'll quote him to close out this uh, quote, Catastrophic loss, by definition, precludes recovery. It will transform us or destroy us, but it will never leave us the same. There is no going back to the past. It is not, therefore, true that we become less through loss, unless we allow the loss to make us less, grinding our soul down until there is nothing left. Loss can also make us more. I did not get over my loved ones. Rather, I absorbed the loss into my life until it became part of who I am. Sorrow took a permanent residence in my soul and enlarged it. One learns the pain of others by suffering one's own pain, by turning inside oneself, by finding one's own soul. However painful, sorrow is good for the soul. The soul is elastic, he then concludes, like a balloon. It can grow larger through suffering. Man is going to share a little bit about the book and, and about some of the insights she's had from it. Um, yeah, this book actually has been really helpful. It's really got lots of deep stuff. Um, but as he talks about different parts of grief, and I think we'll talk more about that next week, I found it really helpful to understand that um, I've heard, you know, you don't you don't get past grief, you have to go through it, but he actually says you, it actually changes the fabric of who we are, and that it, we're not supposed to, um, we're supposed to, like he said, absorb that and actually change, and and I thought about the scripture, you know, it says that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And it's not, you don't get from one to the next, but it, I, it helped me think of it differently and actually it changes the fabric of who I am. That going through loss actually cr- makes us more like Christ and it, cha- it can change us. And that can be any loss. And he uses that, like Forrest was saying, it's not, there are huge losses. Obviously, Sharon's death is a huge loss, but it can be disappointments, it can be failed relationships it can be fractured relationships um yeah so i think that um allowing it to change us is helpful i don't know how that related i just didn't know how that related at that point sorry i went a little off the yeah and he gives an example in the book um on on forgiveness uh forgiveness oftentimes is is an issue of relational loss something in the relationship is not right uh, and we're trying to we're trying to work through it and uh you know you you lose a friendship you lose trust you know things like that uh and and forgiveness of course as christians is a big way that we try to fix you know relational loss um uh but i know for me i have a tendency to be quick to forgive sometimes when someone's really hurt me uh because i kind of i don't really want to feel the pain i don't really want to go through the experience and and, and and hurt anymore so in my i can put on my good christian hat really quicker and try to put a christian band-aid over forgiveness uh when really sometimes forgiveness is a process it's something that we have to work through uh and the bible does command us to do that um but it's really easy sometimes because uh, i don't i don't like the pain i don't like the suffering just to just to quickly forgive things relationally that may Maybe I actually really need to work 
work through with that person, and especially in my own heart. Uh, and amen, sometimes you cannot work through it with another person. You have to forgive them whether they, they work through it with you uh, or not. Uh, but I think it's easy as Christians to appear spiritual uh, and not really deal with our losses and not really deal with the things that we're going through um, in our lives. Uh, so that's one example um, from my own life that I, I, I really uh, learned from the book. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, uh, verse 1 uh, says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Uh, and then it goes on in verse 4 to talk about some of those times. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Um, and so so life is, is, is incomplete somehow in God's will without weeping and mourning. Because God says has set everything under heaven. He's, he's ascribed it all according to this passage. And He's ascribed time for us to weep and for us to mourn. And again, that's a challenging idea to us, but, but again, a lot of it is because we've bought into uh, cultural concepts uh, and even our own human concepts on, on, on grief and on loss. Uh, and so uh, we have to have a spiritual perspective on it that God has allowed these things uh, in our lives somehow for our good. And so what can we learn? What is the benefit of going through loss and grief and mourning? Uh, and that's kind of what we want to focus in on here tonight, uh, just these two uh, simple points. Um, the first is just grief strengthens our soul. Manny kind of alluded to this already, uh, that grief, uh, it strengthens our soul. Uh, if anything, you know, loss and grief make us more like God Himself. Uh, and in this, there is great gain uh, on a soul level. And that's kind of the quote, right, that we even uh, just, just read. Um, um, uh, in, in his book, uh, Lament for a Son, a, a guy, he's a theologian uh, named Nicholas uh, Wolterstorff. Um, he lost his son. His son was at the age of 25 and he died in a, a mountain climbing accident in Austria. Um, and he says, uh, How is faith to endure, O God, when you allow all this scraping and tearing on us, this idea of suffering? He says, We strain to hear, but instead of hearing an answer, we catch sight of God Himself scraped and torn. Through our tears, we see the tears of God. A new and more disturbing question now arises. Why do you permit yourself to suffer, O God, if the death of the devout costs you dear, as Psalm 116 verse 15 says? Why do you permit it? Why do you not grasp joy? And it concludes, God is not only the God of the sufferers, but the God who suffers. The pain and the fallenness of humanity have entered into His heart. Through the prism of my tears, he concludes, I have seen a suffering God. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's really easy to see that even more when you look at Jesus. Isaiah 53 prophesies about the Christ who would come and it, it calls him a man of sorrows. Right? A man of sorrows. Uh, you know, as Jesus approached Lazarus' tomb, uh, you know, in John's gospel, they're, they're mourning, they're wailing. His sisters are upset because they're friends with Jesus and they sent for him when he was still alive. And he doesn't arrive for four days after he's died, Right? And as he shows up, he doesn't, he doesn't gloss over the law saying, it's okay, get a grip, I'm going to take care of this. He could have said that, but he didn't say that. No, it says what he first does is, is he weeps. He weeps before he then goes on to raise Lazarus from the dead. Uh, as Jesus entered Jerusalem before his death, uh, he did not say, you know, Jerusalem, I wanted to work this out with you, but you refused, so I'm moving on. No. It says in Matthew 23, verse 37, he cries out in a lament, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. As he hung on a cross, uh, the innocent and perfect being treated like the guilty and the wicked, he did not say, God is great, he will be victorious, praise him. 
No, he spoke of his loss due to taking on our sins upon himself as he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so we see in Jesus this idea, you know, of suffering. We see in Jesus um, uh, that he he experienced loss. Uh, And the Bible describes, um, you know, the transformation that he went through as he suffered. Uh, And as he suffered great loss. In Hebrews 5 verse 7 it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And so, you know, can we not too, as we suffer, learn from obedience to God and be perfected more and more, you know, becoming a bit more uh, like Jesus, and that's what I think uh, you know. Mandy was alluding to there uh, as she was sharing. You know, what what does he call his followers to? But to follow him, right? In all things, uh, and grief and loss are two of those things we we must follow him in if we want to be more like Christ. As hard as or as challenging as that is, that is the reality. Um, and somehow through that, uh, Jesus will will work. Somehow through that, Jesus will make us more uh, than what we are. Um, and I know for me, grief uh, it slows me down. Loss uh, makes me take a step back. And there's something about that that can be very good for my soul uh, as much as I want to fight that in life and, and, and at times. Um, and a couple of scriptures here, um, again, where Jesus talks about how some, somehow through, through loss, somehow through loss we actually gain, right? Uh, it's one of the calls of discipleship in Luke 9, 23-25. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. Uh, and so spiritual grief we benefit from, according to Jesus. Somehow that saves us. Uh, that's part of our discipleship. Again, of his own life and ours. He spoke uh, in a dual prophetic way in John 12, 23 to 26. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies... It produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Why anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. Uh, and so, so even suffering and loss, if endured through faithful discipleship, uh, can be used by God to grow us uh, as people from the inside out. Um, but again, the temptation is to try to spin it, try to gloss over it. Try to quickly comfort ourselves uh, when we go through uh, these challenges. But that is not often God's way for us. That's not often God's path. Uh, And that was not the path for Jesus' perfection. And if we're following him, that's not going to be the path for ours either. And so we have to learn to embrace those things uh, and go through them as hard as as they might be. And so, so, you know, grief strengthens our soul uh, and grief grows our compassion. I think is the other thing that's very obvious. Strengthens our soul, but it also uh, grows uh, our compassion. Manny's going to share a little bit about uh, just just grief and progress uh, and the challenge we have maybe as Christians sometimes with, it, with with combining those two. I'm very uncomfortable with combining those two. My wife is very very good at doing that, so I thought she could well, share a little bit about that. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I'm very. I don't know if anyone's good at this, but um, I think it's easy to feel like grief and moving forward are mutually exclusive. Like I'll be in this stage then I'll move to the next stage and and we know life doesn't work like that Um, but it's helpful for me even in my Christianity to think about that like I think that I can want to get past this whatever I'm going through so I'll be more effective or maybe if we all just focus on 
I don't know, something that feels positive, um, instead of really allowing those things to change me and that it's not, they're not separate and that through really difficult times I can still be outward focused, <laughs> through really painful things, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other um, and that through that God is actually changing me. Um, learning through our losses obviously helps us to be compassionate with other people's losses. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, we know that in First Corinthians it says, the compassion, the comfort we receive, we give to others. Um, and that there's so much good that comes through absorbing and allowing ourselves to be changed. I think it actually will make us more effective in helping people that we're reaching out to because we'll be able to step into what they're feeling, um, really trying to put ourselves in their shoes. What are they going through? What are they feeling? Where are they at in life? So, yeah. Yeah, so the, the degree to which I'm able to learn to grieve my own losses is often in direct proportion to the degree in which I can help people with their own. But I have to walk through that myself and learn from that myself. Uh, and again, a lot of us are not comfortable you know, with, with, with those parts of life, but they're very important to our, our character formation. And, and I believe, uh, as Mandy's saying, they're, they're very important to our, our, our outreach. We live in a broken and fallen world. People are suffering loss uh, you know, over and over, uh, especially without God. Uh, we know it's even it's ever increasing without God in a lot of ways. Um, and and how are we going to reach those people with the gospel? Well, it's sometimes going to start with us being able to relate to them and connect to them uh, as we learn to mature through our own losses and our own grief and our own challenges. Uh, we're much more prepared to do that. Um, one of the uh, treatments of post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a which is a mental health challenge, um, uh, one of the therapies they use is they actually they actually have you help people who've been through the same challenge. Because uh, there's something very therapeutic about that. And I believe that that's part of how God uses our suffering and uses our loss. Uh, is, is that he, he's setting us up and preparing us to, to help others and to see his hand, uh, his good hand even in the hard things and challenging things uh, of life. But again, there's a fear, I think, uh, with grief. Uh, and I know as a, as a minister, I can certainly uh, think... I just got to preach the gospel. What am I, why am I even talking about grief? You know, that's go to a therapist. But, but again, I think that's an unspiritual view. Uh, the more I look at the Bible, the more I look at what the scriptures actually teach. Uh, that's actually an unspiritual view. Uh, Paul talks about this quite a bit, actually, in his writings. 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 3, many alluded to it. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves Receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And he says, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. You know, Paul talks about this this connection that he has with the church in Corinth and they have with him. Uh, and ultimately because of, of, of their God who comforts them. Um, but we have to allow God to comfort those parts of our hearts and those, those losses in our lives to be able to find that and even bring that uh, to one another uh, and to this lost world. In Romans 5, uh, you know, Mandy mentioned the scripture earlier, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, uh, in verse 3 there, and character, hope. But of course, that, that is a process uh, that we have to be willing to go through uh, to really be able to see, uh, you know, a, a godly growth uh, through it. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a very... Um, it's a very challenging idea uh, that, that somehow loss through Christ can be good. It's a very challenging concept. Um, uh, none of us are going to be you know, eager to run out tonight and have more loss in our lives after hearing you know, a lesson on this. Um, but I think it's one that, that God you know, 
God wants all of us to learn um, as we go through it personally, as we go through it as a church. Um, and God can really use those losses for our good. And he can use those losses to benefit others as well, provided that we're willing to work through them. Um, you know, loss, you know, in grief, it strengthens our souls. It, it grows our compassion. Uh, and those are vital things in our Christian faith. Um, and so next time we'll look at uh, the grieving process a bit more in detail um, Kind of a three-step process uh, from the Psalms that we, we got from this book that we thought was great uh, and, and very helpful. Um, because the temptation, again, is to rush through it. And that can be very dangerous to our souls uh, and to our growth. Um, so we'll look at that ne- uh, next Wednesday. Yeah, just one thought on that is I thought at the women's tea that Kay... And, and it's crazy how things happen sometimes in one weekend. But Kay shared about her testimony in her life. And she shared so powerfully. I don't know where Kay is somewhere here. Um, about her suffering and her loss. Um, but she did it in a way that it was just, it was so moving and so inspiring to see the way she has clung closer to God, the way God's, God's brought her through that. Um, and then I felt the same way of seeing these living, tangible people in the midst of grief. The, um, last week, or the week before, we sat with Sharon's family talking through things, and there was about seven or eight women who were really close to her um, and who just were loving the family. They were suffering too, but they were grieving with the family, which was just, it was so beautiful and so much like Christ. So those are just great, tangible. Yeah, and so we we obviously have a lot of maturity in this church already in this area, but I think a lot of the young people in the room, maybe you haven't even gone through a great loss, and this is kind of, you know, unfamiliar territory. Maybe some of us, you know, we're we're older, but we, we really haven't learned how to really work through things and how to process things. And so certainly there's great resources through the church. I know Angela White has been doing uh, a grief recovery uh, class. She did that this year. I think we talked about maybe doing that again next year. Uh, again, that could be a great outreach. Because again, there's we, we all know a coworker or, or a relative or, or a friend who maybe has had great loss. And what a great outreach, you know, those things could become uh, as we all mature uh, and grow uh, through our challenges. Uh, so, so, so grieving together, I think, is something God uh, allows and something God can really work uh, through. But we have to learn and grow through the process. Um, so that, that, that was a, a few thoughts. I thought it would be good tonight maybe just to open it up for a few minutes uh, with questions, comments, um, uh, maybe even personal sharing. You know, uh, with, with losing our sister recently, uh, some people might want to share about that. Obviously, we'll have more sharing about that coming up, um, but it's certainly appropriate tonight if that's on your heart. Uh, and then we can just end with a little bit of prayer uh, together uh, as we continue to, to, to learn and grow uh, through Christ. But yeah, any, any, any thoughts, questions?